0: As I watch where we are in terms of our country, as I, as I watch where we are in terms of the world, I think sometimes we get so busy with the details of life that we forget where the, the whole scheme of the plan of God is going. And um, I think there's a, a, a battle going on. I think there's a fight for the ownership of Israel. And Israel's a, a little teeny country. Matter of fact, you could put five Israels in the state of Kansas and have room left over. So in terms of a a country, it's it's miniature. But isn't it interesting that that every single day it makes the news? And it made the news in a big way at the end of this week when the Security Council held an emergency meeting summons by a number of countries, we'll look at that, to to take care of a situation that they think is dire to, to bringing uh, peace or war to to the whole to the whole world. The book of Genesis, Genesis chapter twelve, is where we want to go, and um, and as we look at this, uh, I'm going to say that that the whole situation really is about the idea of, of ownership. Who who owns that land of Israel? And uh, I think it even goes to this. It, it's about God's promises because God makes some promises. You see, there are those who think that, that when the church came, that we displaced Israel. Nothing can be further from the truth. God still has the Jews, still have Israel, and God has promises for them. And they're separate and they're distinct from promises for those that are in the church. Now, what do I mean by church? The church are those who have accepted Christ. If you've truly accepted Christ, it doesn't matter what the, what the name is above the door. Okay, what what matters is whether you have Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. If so, you're a part of the church. You know, God gave himself for the church. God loved the church. He didn't love the building. Okay, it doesn't matter whether they're meeting here or across the street or, or five blocks away. Thank God that there's a number of local churches all over the city, all over the world that honor God. But... Only people that are a part of the church that have received Christ are truly part of the plan that God has. And so there's the church and promises for the church and a plan for the church and we're called the Bride of Christ. But Israel is not the Bride of Christ. Okay? There is a special place for Israel just like there's a special place for us. And so it's about God's ownership. It's about God's promises. And it's even about the, the credibility, the validation of the Bible. And so when you look at these things, uh, I'm going to do it in several ways. I'm going to look particularly at the land of Israel. And this is Israel that we're talking about. And notice that now we have what's called the West Bank. Now the West Bank, let me just tell you kind of how it got into being. The the West Bank, originally, when Britain owned that country, originally it was Turkey, then it was taken over by, by Britain, and, and so Britain saw fit to give away about 73 percent of it. That's that's nice when someone says that we're going to take you over, and they give away 73 percent. Um, there's sometimes I look at America, and I wish that people would give away about three fourths of it. But but when you're this small, you can only imagine. And then after that, they cut it down again. So that now they had less than 20%. And now, see the the blue part that's called the West Bank? They've taken all that and given that away. And so really, at some places, Israel itself is only about 12 to 15 miles wide. That's the whole country. And people continue to give it away. And this week in the United Nations, they're trying to do it again. And here's what the Bible says. The Bible says this, that if you part my land, if you divide my land, if you steal my land, God says this, I will judge you. And let me tell you this, that when this age called the church age is over and we begin the tribulation, it's the judgment of God on planet earth. Now let me ask you this. When God sent a flood in the days of Noah, was it justified? Yeah. Yeah. Because it says this, that man was evil continually, every thought of their mind was was perverse. And I, I look now at what's taking place in our world, and in, in particularly in our country, it's evil continually. Right here in the state of Kansas, just last week, in order to pass a course in the state of Kansas in P, you had to, you had to list five genders. Oh my Folks... I don't know how to make this any simpler. There's only two. Okay. So I don't care if you're saying five or 27. Some places have 27. University of Minnesota, I think, has 27. That shows you how stupid, I mean, how enlightened you could be when you go to college. Yeah. Yeah, God created them male and female. That's it. And so, so these other things are perversions and God will judge it. Now, uh, not only are we going to look at that land, but but I want to go back to, to some of the, the things that are taking place right now. And you're looking at it and say, what in the world is that? It looks like a a, a pancake. Well, actually, it's, it's a big footprint. It's a footprint that's made, and, and we're going to see examples of these in Israel and how important it is. And one of the things that I want you to, to know now, and, and we're probably going to develop this later. I'm sure I won't be, develop it today. But sometimes there are areas, pieces of the ground in the Bible, pieces of the ground in Israel, cities in Israel that are, have repeated use. And God has a pattern whenever he does that. And we're going to be looking at Gilgal. And we've already looked at other times at Mount Moriah called the Temple Mount. And, and there's Hebron. There, there's places where uh, Bethel I mean, there there's these places, and time and time again, when God brings people back to them, He brings back to, to show and, and emphasize the lesson. And, and Gilgal is one of those places, and so this is a giant footprint. This last time when we were in Israel, we went to Gilgal. And wow, what is taking place there, and when you see what's taking place, oh my goodness, what a validation of God's Word. And so we're, that's what we're going to be looking at now. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, here's what it says. Now the Lord said unto Abram, get thee out of the country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto the land that I will give thee. And so here he's emphasizing the land. God promised to Abraham a land. And so here's where the confusion comes in. Are you ready? Because you see, Abraham and who, who were his sons? This is a, a, it's, this is a test question. Open book, open mind, open neighbor? He had two. Actually, more than that because he had a number of wives, but two main ones. Ishmael, and he became the father of what we would call the, the, the Arab countries. And Isaac, and he would be part of the, the heritage for, for Israel. And then when Isaac had children, he has Esau and Jacob. Okay. And Jacob departed from God, and he has a place to live, and it's called Seir, S-E-I-R, Mount Seir, in Edom. The Bible is very clear, Genesis 26, 36, he gives it to them. But he gives to, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob the land that we call Israel, not Palestine, but Israel. Matter of fact, if you go to Israel and you say the land of Palestine, that's the biggest insult you can, you can make to any Jewish person. But we'll talk about that on another occasion. So, Genesis 12, 1, it talks about the land. Next, it's about a nation and a sea. It says this, And I, that's God, and I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. So so there's another promise that God has, and it's right there in Genesis chapter 12. Now, the, the next one, it's about the blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curses thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now, the reason I, I put that up there is because what we saw this past week is almost unbelievable. In, in the United Nations Security Council, and by the way, I try to be neutral on lots of things, but on the Security Council in the United Nations, I'm not neutral. It's, it's a tool of the devil. Uh, the, the devil sits right there. In the first seat. okay. And if there's one thing I could abolish in the world today it would be the United Nations. That's how horrible it is. And so God makes it clear that that he will bless those that bless Israel and he will curse those that, that, that do damage to Israel. Now does that mean that Israel always does things right? The answer is no. But you don't blast them just because they're a Jew. That's been done before. Yeah, and matter of fact, if we get far enough, I'll show you where our president administration last week talked about that very thing. Oh my, when you see, you, you talk about a perversion of history, I'll show you the danger of not having your students, your, your children learn history in, in a real school. Because what he did to history is almost unforgivable. He would have never passed the third grade. Okay, uh, so have, has Israel been a blessing? Well, Medical advances. Seventy percent of the medicine, seventy percent of the medicines used today, have all come from Israel. I don't know that this is a blessing or not. The cell phone came from Israel. Technology, it's it's a technology hub. Agriculture advances from little teeny Israel. And and we could go on and on, but I'm going to go back to this. But here's the biggest blessing the Savior, the Redeemer, came from Israel. And so God said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless all the world through you. But I'm going to judge those who judge you unfairly. That's a solemn warning, isn't it? I I pray for America because I'm afraid that if we continue down the path we're going down, God's going to have to judge us because of what we're doing to Israel. Now, let's take a look at this. I think there's truth to grasp and I hope today will be part of that, that grasp of truth. And so how do we want to try to, to get to it? Well, one of the things I want to use, I want to use history and archaeology. Now, I know when I say archaeology, right away, some of you are packing your bags, or are getting ready to go and say, I'm going to get another donut. But give me a chance, okay? I don't have any rocks with me, but I have a certain member of my family. She, I'm sure she's watching on live stream, so I won't get in trouble until I get home. And when we go to Israel, after about three days, she says, rocks, rocks, more rocks. <laughs> and, I, and I always say, I go to side and say, this is my favorite rock. And the next slide I go to I say, this is my favorite rock. <laughs> I have a lot of favorite rocks there. But through archaeology and history, I'm going to show you that there's truth to grasp. And if I have time today, I'm going to take you to Gilgal, to Shiloh, to, to Mount Ebal. I'm hoping we can go to Jericho just for a quick visit, and then Mount Moriah. Wow. you get a three-hour... Credit for this. Okay, next, I want to use prophecy. If there's something that gets me more excited than rocks, it's prophecy. Oh my goodness. I'm going to show you that that history is pointing to a particular place in time. It's right this minute. When you see the the, the things that are being uncovered, not not years ago, right now, as you're sitting here, right now, when you see things that the Bible is talking about right now. A prophecy is going to allow us to grasp a truth. And next, current events. I'm going to take in as many as I can in the, in the time that I have. And then, here's the ultimate source, the Word of God. And if we can bring those, those four things into focus, I, I think we'll have something that will allow you to leave here. In the midst of all that's taking place, you'll have a hope and a great hope. So, so let's begin with, with archaeology. And uh, for, and recently, I mean, this is, this is just fantastic because you see, um, up uh, somewhere here, I'm going to show a little clock. And here's what to keep in mind. That Israel is the hour hand. When, when Israel begins to dominate the news, that says the hour is getting close. Then the Bible says Jerusalem. W- when you see it being focused on Jerusalem, that's the minute hand. And when it comes down to the Temple Mount, that's where the action is at the final place. That's the second hand. And when you see what took place this last week, you wanna know something? We're not hours away from, from the Lord's return. We're not, we, Jesus could come before I'm done. Matter of fact, I thought about preaching today until he does come. <laughs> well, no, yeah. Uh, well, okay, recently they found a pomegranate bell now, that's the decoration that's on a Jewish priest's garment. The old garments of two and 3,000 years ago had a pomegranate bell on the bottom of it, and they found it right on the Temple Mount. Now, here's why I say that, because right now, right this minute, this week, the Security Council is talking about who should have access and who really owns the Temple Mount. And so, they found a bell that we know is on the on the Jewish priest's garments, who do you think was wearing that? Do you think it was someone from the Palestinian Authority? Yeah. That's ridiculous, is it? Not only that, they found a seal, and the seal is exactly the seal that the priest used, the Jewish priest used. You know what it says to me? The Temple Mount at one time certainly was Jewish. Okay, Next. Recently, oh, this is incredible. They found a Jewish shekel on the Temple Mount. Now, this is December the 15th. Sorry to give you news so old. But less than a month ago, it was a major find. It made the headlines. Here's what's unique about it. On Jewish coins, they still do this. They don't put the face of a person because they see that as an image and the Ten Commandments say, you'll have no image before you. So all their coins have a symbol of, a, of an object. And it's interesting because there, do you think for a minute that, that the people that are up there that are not Jewish were using shekels? Uh, who are you kidding? Listen, recently... The Pool of Siloam was uncovered and January the 3rd, they're now inviting tourists to now visit that. When we were there in November, the street on the city of David from the Pool of Siloam up to the Temple Mount to the city of David, it was in the process of being open. Today it's open. You can go there right now. It verifies the story of the Bible where Jesus healed a man and told him to go down to the Pool of Siloam and to do the final process. Do you, do you see what's taking place? Luke nineteen, I think it's verse forty says this. The, the The leader said to Jesus, "Stop him," because the people were saying, "Hosanna, Hosanna! God is true," and, and they said, "Stop him from saying that." He said, "If I stop him, the the stones will cry out." My friend, the stones are crying out. All, all these things are, are are taking place right now. Oh, we're not done. Recently, they located a small lead tablet. I've told you about some of this before, Dr. Scott Stripling. Wow, we went there and, and when he met with us, it was just wonderful. Because they found this little clay, uh, sorry, little lead tablet. And, and they actually found it. They'd, they'd gone through the, the uh, they'd already sorted things in Shiloh. It was in the junk pile. There's a new technique now for sorting. They go back, they re-sort the junk pile. Boy, he'd be mad if he heard me say, call it junk pile. Dirt pile, debris pile. And they found this little tablet, little lead tablet. It's about this big. I mean, it's little. Okay, It's so f- fragile, it's so old, that if they pulled it apart, it would crack and, and, and ruin some of it. So they now have a new technique, not only a new technique to, to sort debris, but a new technique for reading that. And here's what's incredible this little silver bullet it said, This is a silver bullet that will eliminate all doubt about the Jewishness of Israel. Because the archaeologists at that site were saying, We don't know that this is Jewish. We don't know that it's Israel. Now, this is unbelievable because in the Bible it describes it, it talks about the fact that there's a mount. And it's called the Mount of Blessing, Garrison. There's another the Mount of Cursing, called Ebal. And in between, it talks about how there would be an altar built. I mean, the Bible describes this. And so part of the problem has been this. That when they went there, the altar at first was made of stones. And they said, that's not a Jewish-style altar. They were right. So therefore... These brilliant university minds said, and if it's not a a Jewish kind of altar, that means that the Jews were never here. Think about that step of logic just for a minute. That's horrible, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's not in one place It means that they were never. Yeah, that's, that's like looking out saying, I don't see an airplane. Therefore, there's no airplanes ever. I mean, really think about that kind of reasoning. I think those people are elected to Congress. Um, so, they, they, and so the argument was this: they said, matter of fact, they dated to about 1400 BC, and then they concluded, matter of fact, we don't think that people could write at 1400 BC, including Moses. Oh yeah. Now. Well, I'm going to fast forward. There's lots of other things they said that would make you laugh. They took this, they begin to, they, they begin to do the interpretation with this little b- brass tablet. And in there, they found the name Yahweh, Jewish name for God, written in Hebrew. Hmm, someone must have known how to write. <laughs> and, and God's name in Hebrew is mentioned twice right there. Furthermore, it mentions the word curse 11 times. And so here's the passage in Deuteronomy 27. It says, on Mount Garrison, he will bless the people. On Mount Ebal, he will curse the people. And then, this is the rest of the chapter. The word curse, 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 curse is there because they're standing on the altar. It's all found there on a little lead tablet exactly where God said it would be. You know what it says? There was a God. There was an Israel. They could write. And this is the land of Israel. The, the stones cry out. Oh, I wish I had another hour to go on that. Here's another one. See the altar? In the Bible, it, it's real clear. Joshua was told to make the altar of whole stones. Why? Because he said, on the altar, I don't want anything man-made. So when you cut the stone to fit, it's man making part of the sacrifice. God says, no, 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 no. Go make, get whole stones. So... So here's this altar and they say, well that's not Jewish. They're right, it's not Jewish. Because you see, after the Jews built an altar, some enemy came in, the Philistines came in, and they built an altar on top and they used cut stones and they put the altar right on the same place. And a Christian archaeologist, thank you Dr. Scott, said, let's take a chance and let's go below those cut stones. And guess what, jackpot, there's an altar... Just like the Bible describes, made of whole stones. You know what I think? I think it's Jewish. Not only that, in Shiloh, wow, we went there. I mean, we, we were just there. And uh, this is the dig assistant, Abigail Levitt is her name. And she's so excited because she said, In Shiloh, we, we believe we found what is the holy of holies. I'm so excited I lost my pointer. Cynthia just gave me this. Oh, yeah, look at it see this area right here this is exactly the dimensions of the Holy of Holies so just now on digging it here she is she's talking to us about this is Dr. Klein and I I mean this is incredible now why is that important because the Bible says that after they crossed from the wilderness the first place they put up the tabernacle is in Shiloh and now it looks like we found exactly the foundations of Shiloh and the tabernacle Folks, this is not an accident. Who do you think lived there? I'm going to suggest to you it was Jews. Now, maybe it was Mexicans. Maybe it was Texans. Maybe it was Californians. But I'm pretty sure it's Jewish. Okay, you see what I'm saying? That's That's just part of it. Not only that, as they continue to dig through the ruins, they have piles of these dig things, and on one side, what was incredible, they, they found a whole bunch of the sacrifices and, and the bones of them. And what they noticed is this. In this stack, there's a whole bunch of right-sided bones. Right-sided bones. And then you go to the Bible, Leviticus chapter 7, it says this. The right shoulder you give to the priest. The, the right tip and so on like that. It's the part for Aaron. No other people in the world divide the sacrifice and give one half to the priest and the other they burn up completely so you can't find it. That's why there's a whole bunch of right sides. Who does that? Oh, people from Florida. I mean, are we so stupid? The stones are crying out, folks. You see what I'm saying? I got to move. Oh, Jericho. Wow. Now, there's some really... In the last week, I've watched three incredible YouTube stories on Jericho. I got so excited about it, I almost preached on Jericho today. But here's what's fantastic. And by the way, uh, we'll give you those sites. I disagree with the the dates. They they put it about 10,000 BC. I think they missed it. I think it can be older than 7,000. But I'm just going to say this, a very old city. It's one of the oldest cities. And, And there's been a lot of questions about it because among the things is this. How come the wall is so tall? Because we don't know who their enemies were. There were supposed to be no enemies in. And, and how come... Um, see this? That's a, a tower. That's a watchtower. At first I thought it was a grain silo. no. It turned out to be a watchtower. There's our steps and, and so on. They go up toward the, the top of the wall. And these, these watchtowers are huge. And this wall is absolutely huge. And now, guess what they've just, here's what they just found out. As they continue doing that, here's what we know. That it was in Jericho that they first began to go from nomads to being farmers. You're going to like this. And it's also the first time they went from, from being nomads to actually pinning up and corralling animals, having cattle ranches, sheep ranches, goat ranches, and camel ranches, Jericho. And they lived inside there. And so those towers were watchtowers not to protect it from an enemy but to protect their farming rights because the nomads would come through and they would steal their grain they would steal their their crops and their animals. And and then the wall the wall that they have outlined now it's exactly what it would take to, to march around just like the Bible says and listen to this and how it collapsed is exactly how the Bible said the wall of Jericho fell. Now To me, it shows the Bible's real. Look, God has given us all this evidence and there's more. Can we go to...